Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird with a flashback to 2017. That's the year we traveled to explore contemporary art in Norway during the annual Congress of the International Association of Curators of Contemporary Art, also known as IKT. Our Fresh Art International podcast is a vital oral history project. Since 2011, we've been sharing stories about today's art, film, and architecture. I'll join other Miami-based curators to introduce 2019 IKT delegates to the local art scene. This will be the first time that IKT convenes in the United States in its 45-year history. For now, let's turn our attention to the sounds of contemporary art in Norway. Today, I'm sharing a wondrous set of sounds representing contemporary art and culture in Norway. I find myself in this part of the world because I'm a member of the International Association of Curators of Contemporary Art, also known as IKT, an organization designed to support and connect curators in our global community. This year, more than 100 curators meet in the capital city of Oslo and in Tromsø a town that lies north of the Arctic Circle. Everywhere we go, I discover that listening is vitally important to a meaningful experience of contemporary culture in the region. One of my strongest first impressions is a video representing the work of musician and performance artist Tore Vranus. In her solo exhibition titled Hot Pockets at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Oslo, she uses costumes, props, voice, and movement to create suggestive and hypnotic pockets of time, secret spaces in her realm of magical thinking. Let's listen to a few minutes of the audio track from a three-hour live performance that she staged in 2014 with a cast of amazing characters. Visit freshartinternational.com to look inside the world you're about to enter through your ears.
On our last evening in Oslo, after two intense days of museum and gallery visits, we gather at SALT, a nomadic art project currently situated on the city's shoreline, overlooking the famous Opera House. One of SALT's pyramid structures is a sauna. While we're inside absorbing the intense heat, we listen to a set of polar soundtracks. The one by Norwegian artist Jana Winderen transports us beneath the surface of the frigid fjord outside the window. I speak with Wendron on Skype to learn more about her work. She grew up near a lake in Norway that was dying of algae overgrowth. Beginning aged eight, she remembers facing environmental issues. Wendron studied marine biology before turning to explore the hidden depths of the sea through sound art. Her work is all about listening. I was very lucky to hear versions of the work you titled Spring Bloom and the Marginal Ice Zone in two completely unique settings in Norway. And it was pretty thrilling to find out the other day that you were the artist for both of those. I'm not surprised <laughs> because they're so gorgeous. Let's describe first where you recorded these sounds. In many years, I have been very uh, occupied with the ice in the north and I went to Greenland more than 10 years ago now and started recording 
the, the ice melting there. Um, and then in, must be three years ago now, I was part of uh, a project called um, Dark Ecology, which is initiated by um, Sonic Acts uh, in Amsterdam, and Hilde Meti, which is a curator in, uh, in um, Chickeness. So I was with them on a trip. Uh, to Nitro, you know, this place in uh, right over the border to Russia. And in Chifkanes, we had this project, and I started to see how kind of, you know, there's opening up of the northeast passage. And sort of really, uh, they are the, the, they were really, really happy about this development, you know, what happened there. And, and then I kind of started to question this, you know, what will happen with the ecosystems when they open up the shipping passage? through Asia this way. It will uh, increase the shipping so much. And also, you know, very eager plan plans, eager plans to uh, develop the oil industry in this area. So really, I thought, so what about is this ice edge, which the politicians are talking about? So what is it exactly? You know, what is this ice edge in the Barents Sea? So I wanted to go and experience the sea ice. I was with the Mamont Foundation on a trip to the North Pole, where I was actually recording on and underneath the ice, uh, talking to researchers there. And the year after, on the research ship um, Helma Hansen, um, uh, by the, um, the Tromsø University, they were looking into the plankton and into the spring bloom in May. That's really important three, four weeks there where where you have a spring bloom like you have on land, you know, but it's really, really important how the phytoplankton are then, uh, um, you know, doing their photosynthesis and then the zooplankton come and eat them, you know, and this whole cycle of the kind of basis of the food web. And this will really be like disturbed and, you know, what was really scary to actually experience is that the lack of ice. We couldn't get on to any areas with ice enough to be able to walk on. This ice is drifting from east to the west, bringing along plankton. I was thrilled to listen in on the marginal ice uh, zone work. First in a sauna at this place <laughs> called Salts at the edge of the fjord in Oslo. Then inside an exhibition about the ice at the Polar Museum in Tromsø. Let's share with our listeners what are the discrete sounds when we listen to spring bloom. It starts with, with um, a bearded seal, uh, this kind of amazing dropping tone that it makes. And it's this really large animal. So for me, very, very surprising that this. I don't know, making this kind of really tone that drops. Um, I saw I saw it coming out of the water, and then it was quiet. So I was I had my hydrophones underwater there. Uh, this is right very close to this what is called the uh, you know this zone, this marginal ice zone uh, in the Barents Sea. And it's very important for the seals to have this the ice you know, to give birth on. So this they are essential. Uh, voices there and, and things will happen with them. You know? So you, you start, it starts with this and then uh, you hear the crackling of the ice, of the melting of this ice. 
um, uh, which has this kind of popping sounds and that sounds, and then depending on how old and how compressed the, the ice is, you hear it differently. So I record like inside of the ice itself with hydrophones and underneath the ice. Hydrophones are especially made for underwater recordings, um, slightly different than the microphone technology. And, uh, and then you'll hear, I think in that excerpt, there was some grunting sound of, um, uh, of uh, Pollock. Uh, it's a codfish. Uh, for them, there's also a really important environment, especially the cod. They go out there to, uh, to feed uh, for many years before they come back to the region's coast spawn. Um, then there is some crackling of, uh, of crustaceans uh, in a bit shallower areas, uh, I think, yeah. You mentioned um, humpbacks yeah. and orcas. Yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, there's, uh, there's also some sound of the humpbacks and, and the orcas. The orcas uh, come in to the coast of, of Norway around January, and, uh, you know, they, they come after the smaller fish, after the herring. Uh, so they kind of enter into the fjords. So I wanted to also have a, a voice of, of, um, of the orcas and of the humpbacks in the piece. You also mentioned eco-locating by dolphins that you could hear. Yes, you have uh, different species of dolphins also in this area. And they are also, you know, migrating. I mean, the humpbacks are migrating from this area to the, you know, to the Caribbean, where I've also been recording <laughs> them when they go there to give birth. Uh, but also the, the dolphins, they have this kind of characteristic, um, sort of almost electric kind of, kind of sound that they make with, um, when they are hunting for fish, you know, or orientating themselves in an area. And uh, and this also has a very a very very strong sound uh, that you you will hear anywhere there are dolphins and also pilot whales for example all toothed whales are using um, echolocating uh, echolocation as a as a tool so to say even above audible range for humans up into the range of more than hundred thousand hertz. What do you hope comes of your investment in documenting and sharing what's going on in this? watery underworld. I'm really hoping that people get inspired to uh, to listen and to think another thoughts about it and uh, and I think through introducing to people that creatures underwater are, are using sound it's not at all a silent uh, place you know there is uh, and we are I think often quite ignorant to uh, how we are putting you know, also sound becomes pollution from ships, from military uh, sonars, from, you know, seismic testing and, uh, you know, all these activities and industrial activities we are doing. So hopefully that, um, you know, that it becomes common knowledge for all children now in school that fish are also making sound. They actually say, work, 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 you know, and they make... <laughs> The sound with drum muscles on their swim bladders, for example. This is the most important thing to me, yeah.
In Tromsø, we encounter contemporary interpretations of Norway's indigenous Sami culture. The Sami are people perhaps best known as nomadic reindeer herders. Historically, their community has flowed across national borders in the far north. Some of the next sound experiences I'm going to share represent different readings of the Sami song form known as Yoikin. Our first day above the Arctic Circle begins with Sami artist Marita Isobel Solberg's performance inside the Tromsø Academy of Contemporary Art and Creative Writing. Here are the last few minutes of her ritual enactment. the performance. I want to know more about her practice. I'm from a small valley up north in north of Trums called Mandalm or Olmaivagi in Sami. I have a Trumsa as base and I travel actually most of the world with doing yeah doing art projects and I also went to Miami Beach. <laughs> oh, you did? Where yeah. what were you doing there? Um, for Miami Arch Basel, actually, actually in 2016, December. This very last one. Yeah, I, I went to, I was a part of the this new um, art fair, Ex Contemporary. So performance is your media? Yes, mostly these days. But um, yeah, I have a base actually working also with uh, materialist materials and clay and sculpture sort of. That were part of the performance. That's, I use dough now. <laughs> I saw so that. Sort of, yeah. Well, let's mm. talk about the performance. Yes, it's called Sea Sami Metaphors. So it's a kind of um, attempt to kind of create new pictures uh, from 
um, from things that are um, I grew up with in a way. And and uh, if you talk about Sami culture and abroad, you always talk about reindeers or or lavu or being on the move, you know. But there are so much. It's a very rich kind of uh, traditions going on. And I try to find what I grew up with. I use um, these old things and try to make new pictures, try to create something new of it. So it's, yeah, working on creating this something visual that is stronger than... Well, let's mm. define the Sami just yeah. for the listeners that don't know what Sami is. How would you describe, besides your reference to nomadic, yeah. indigenous culture of no, Scandinavia? So. Not, Nor- not just Russia, Scandinavia, Finland, Russia, that's Sweden, right. and Norway. So it's it's a kind of a big area in the northern regions mm. of this continent. Yeah, and also like if you think far back, it's okay. You have been on the move, like, but it's also hunters and gatherers that has been kind of settle settling down different places. Um, but I feel also in this area where we don't actually have borders or we shouldn't have but we you know russia is <laughs> like, so, so is we, another we, country <laughs> yeah but we work we try we try to kind of keep it a bit open at least in in your mind think you know yes uh, uh yeah so so yeah i take these elements and work with them um um also using my my voice um as a I don't want to kind of use words too much, but more use my voice to kind of create feelings or or um, modes, or things I remember. The objects that were used in the performance, mm-hmm. your costume itself was made with a, a belt that had stones suspended from it. Yeah. What was the metaphor there? What's the meaning of that? The weight of, is that the weight of history and memory? That's one of them, but there are different so if I can tell the, the the base of this is actually it's a weave. This belt is actually a, from a weave, old-fashioned weave we use back home, with the stones hanging down to keep the threads. You know when you when you work and uh, and also this thing of you know putting stones in motion. It's like you know you can think big for universe or you can think for a kind of a community or people meeting. So yeah, there are many different. Um, I think. Um, uh, yeah. Symbols yeah, in, involved in, in, in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and also, I feel that's um, important with sound, and I like acoustic sounds more than just to make up something, in, especially in performance way, that it becomes very naked. And also, I, uh, yeah, to, to kind of, I develop, I try to uh, more and more find ways how to kind of show who I am as well in this. And I feel that you can come close to me somehow, even though, you know, I don't know you. And uh, you did yeah. come close to me yeah. as you finished your performance. Yeah. What was the instrument you were using? A small, like a gong? Yeah, it's a, like a gong, yeah. Uh, and that's more to set the tone, a kind of a bass, bass tone for improvising. And um, the song, especially in the end, I was, um, you know, we have this, it's called Joik, and it's sort of, yeah, five tones you play with, yoik. So I try to be inspired by this way of using the tones, but still developing my kind of own sort of yoik. Yeah. What did you want us to experience? 
to show something of who I am in this, like me is also many others. So it's like, and also to see if you can find something that you, you know, connect with. Maybe you made some new pictures in your head for this event. Um, I wanted to connect with you. Thing. It's a so, circular performance. Yeah, yeah, to see if we can try to communicate, but still... Create a yeah. tension yeah. between the cultures that we come from yes. and yours. Yes, and also, so I, I get new inspiration meeting you. So for next performance, I already thought new things, you know, and um, I based think on our response, yeah. the feeling in the room, your own sensorial experience of performing. Yeah, and also I feel this. I feel it's kind of um, there's something that has to come through with the voice as well. There is something important. So some people say like, "Oh, I got to breathe today." Yeah. Um, so find some space for connecting deeper. One of the deep-rooted connections with Sami culture came quite unexpectedly through the voice of Andy Sombi, an expert in Sami history. Several times during our visit, he astonished us with his yoiking. Once he sings a traditional story about his friend, the mosquito. I sting you because blood is so sweet. <laughs> I sting you because it's through this little sting that you notice that you are alive. But the day when the crows have turned white, then I'm <clears throat> done with my task, which is to guarantee the continuance of life. Hey! 
my friend the mosquito. When we visit the Tromso Contemporary Art Center, we're met by Sambi's venture into contemporary art, a multi-channel sound installation titled Yoiking with the Winged Ones. He created this project in collaboration with Ellen Marr of Roast Artist-in-Residence program and Chris Watson. The work merges the contemporary and deeply traditional. The music he makes enters the landscape of the Lofotan Peninsula in the far north of Norway. His voice echoes back and forth, rising above the bird song. Our encounter with contemporary Norwegian art takes us to a makerspace. We visit artist studios in a building that used to be a hospital. The space goes by the name of Kisten, part of the Troms County Culture Center. Along the tour, I come upon a large studio bursting with stacks of bright fabric, mounds of colorful used clothing, long tables with sewing machines, and signs of a recent protest. This is the atelier of Charlotte Nielsen, advocate of slow fashion. Reinventing old clothes piece by piece, she merges traditional Sami-style clothing with contemporary dresses, shirts, and coats. Importantly, she teaches others how to make their own hybrid fashions. My name is Charlotte Nielsen. I'm living in Tromsø in Norway. <laughs> I'm a Sami artist. And your project is? I redesign clothes and uh, I do a, a different uh, work, but um, I redesign clothes and uh, I do some installation, uh, interactive, I invite the audience, I have redesign cafe, boutique, and now I'm uh, working with the fabric. Uh, I do, the, the last project is uh, the um, recycling revolution. We are demonstrating in the street and we have the megaphone. We are against the fast fashion, so slow fashion is the thing. 
Here's the sound of a recent demonstration that Ilsen led on May Day 2017. Workers' Day was the opportunity to assemble in front of Town Hall to chant phrases such as shopping is not a hobby, do not consume, create yourself, DIY. On our last night in Tromsø, we gather at the local theater to witness a presentation organized by the Transborder Café. Artist Amin S. Sven's performance lecture questions the political landscape of the Nordic region that borders the Barents Sea by imagining the possibility of forming a United States of Barents. Historically, people of this region have felt controlled by the South, neglected by the South, and dependent of the South. But not anymore. <laughs> we now had an area booming with self-confidence, natural resources, warm weather, oil, fish, and cheap furniture. <laughs> As a native of the USB, I can only speak for myself. And last time I checked, I was unable to count the number of things from IKEA in my home. <laughs> my kitchen is from IKEA, my sofa is from IKEA, my bed, and of course an endless number of lamps, pots and pans, mirrors, curtains, <laughs> towels, candles, knives, spoons, toys, etc. I have also performed a lot of music on instruments from IKEA. And I have made one piece of music that would not at all, not at all, be possible to perform without Ingvar Kampras low-cost instruments. Um, today I am performing this piece on the IKEA model of Faririk, <laughs> colorful, with, which uh, is manufactured in Romania and China. And I am going to end uh, this presentation now with performing that piece for you. Um, and I would like to dedicate the piece to the five peoples of the Barents and to their better everyday life.
We watch on a screen the projection of Sven's percussive performance on a set of five IKEA plates. As each plate shatters in turn, he reduces them to rubble and then shapes them into a map of the northern region, the future United States of Barents. In Norway, we connect in person with IKT's professional network. Here are two of the conversations we recorded. Artist curators of Locust Publishing in Oslo tell us about a collective artist book project that investigates how we relate to nature. They introduce their newest venture concerning the spiritual and art. The director of Onomatopoe Projects explains why he stages public interventions in the shopping district of Eindhoven in the Netherlands. The sonic thread that connects these voices is the sound art of Margareta Pettersson. Many of today's curators share the impulse to experiment and introduce new ways of engaging with art. The legendary Swiss art historian Harold Seemann, one of IKT's founding members, acted on this impulse. At the age of 28, when he became director of the Kunsthalle Bern, he immediately became known for organizing revolutionary conceptual art exhibitions. The most infamous, Live in Your Head, When Attitudes Become Form, led to his resignation, probably because Joseph Boys smeared margarine on the corners of the building Richard Serra poured molten lead on the walls, and Michael Heiser was invited to drop a wrecking ball on the museum plaza. When Zeman left the building, he took on a new role as an independent contemporary art curator commissioned to organize exhibitions around the world in both established and alternative spaces. He transformed curating into an art form. Zeman joined IKT in 1973, the first year that the group organized a formal convening. Now members come together annually, each time in a different city, to exchange ideas and broaden their networks while exploring the local art scene. 
Hello, welcome. Since you're in Norway, you're going to hear a lot of Norwegian, so I want to welcome you in Norwegian. Hey, welcome to Oslo. I hope you can find a fine day here. It is a special, vibrant time to visit Norway. We start the Congress in Oslo, a city that is experiencing one of the most accelerated phases of its cultural history. When the Office of Contemporary Art Norway invited IKT members to Oslo and Tromsø in 2017, I was there. On a cold, rainy day, I sit beneath the awning outside a coffee house with Tala Fasfold and Tanya Thorhusen. The two Norwegian artist curators established Locus in 2006. They've since organized collective artist books exhibitions in cities such as Miami and New York in the United States, Bergen and Stavanger, Norway, Medellin, Colombia, and St. Petersburg and Moscow in Russia. Both of you were just now elected new members of IKT, this international curators organization. And I'm wondering how it will impact your practice. It feels like we are in this group of really, really resourceful people and they all are working with so many interesting projects. This um, topic of nature, ecology and environmental that comes into art is something that we see is happening, exhibitions being created all over the world. You're both trained as artists and yeah. as curators. Let's talk about this passion for artist books. What led you to work in that form? We always do shows or books, like artistic research. We have a theme, and then we see other artists that we feel could be working in this direction. And then we invite them, and they become part of our research. With this new project that we are initiating now, that we are researching, it's uh, concerning the spiritual in art. And we wanted to invite and involve many other artists. I think we have now seven that we have invited this year to create artist books about that theme. We also wanted to bring lots of the artists with us to all the different places we go. So artist books, I mean, they are really much easier to transport than bigger works of ours. And the artist books that we are making, all of us for this project, they are something between art objects and books. They're only edition of 13, and each artist are making them partially, at least, handmade. We kind of wanted to see how much of an art object a book could be. And so far, we published two books, one by Merete Juelsen Aune, and another one, which is a collaborative project between Daniel Slottnes and Sara Rönnback. That one actually is part three part book and part sound yes this particular project involves two artists communing with nature in a special way you were telling me they moved out into the country yes. from oslo yes they're very young they just graduated did their masters here in oslo at the academy of art and then they moved out uh, into the forest right between norway and sweden they had lots of trees growing around their house, and one of the trees were leaning towards the house, so they had to cut it down. And for them, that was really... it didn't feel good. It was like emotionally very hard for them to chop down this tree. When we invited them to make this artist book, 
they wanted to do it with the tree. Some of the pages of the book is with part of the trees and also I guess as some sort of a memorial of the tree. They made this little microphone which is also one of the pages of the book and this microphone you can connect to any tree and it will translate um, the, energy. the energy from the tree into sound. It seems like the artists that are working with the spiritual in art now, they get back to nature. Yeah, so I think this connecting to nature is very, in that spiritual sense, is necessary for us now. Because we have so much technology, media, that we need to kind of distance ourselves from. And when we go to nature, we find this calm. I think maybe we should tell you a bit about Margareta Pettersson's book. Her book started as a sound art project. I guess she was impersonating the plants living underneath the ice in this little sea in the north-north of Norway. I am a water plant, Utricolaria vulgaris. I am rootless and floating around. During the cold and dark days, I leave the surface shaped like a ball and sink to the bottom of the lake I call my home. It is nice to save energy. You should try it. It's going to be photographs of snow and then some of the texts that she made, which is like from the really slow plants living there underneath the ice and also the spirit of the plants and whatever lives underneath the ice there. She was trying to connect to those plants mm. and find out what they were really saying when they were hibernating. I mean, it was cold and they are just lying there and sleeping in a sense. Freek Loma is director of Onomatopé Projects in the Netherlands. His DIY exhibition and publishing initiative also explores how artists engage with their surroundings. For Anamotope, the context is the central shopping district of a fast-developing urban landscape. We chat on the bus during a tour of Oslo's alternative spaces. We started out combining publishing and exhibition making just because we were lacking a critical environment. And at the same time, you can take more responsibility over the stuff that you're showing. For me as a curator, that was important. A friend of mine, a graphic designer, evidently wanted to make books. So this was a good means to bring it all together. Of course, in that we also anticipated very much to what was happening around us, because as artists, as cultural producers, we're always engaged in the environment that we're situated in. In Eindhoven, that meant the dynamics of the creative city, the developing creative industries in the kind of design technological sense. Basically, a rising technocracy, you could say, within a sphere which doesn't have much cultural heritage because Eindhoven is a really young city. It was grown out of Philips, so it was working class import. It was all imported. It's a young city. There's no critical history there. We felt we had to contribute to that. So we're bringing in the ethics and the visual literacy also, the experience literacy, so to say, as well, within that experience economy, within that technocratic environment. You're involving mostly local artists, or is it international? Oh. Oh. One of the objectives is also to be an ambassador for the people in our region. 
So what are the trends that you're seeing as a curatorial platform and as a publication? Currently we have a show starting called We Are The Market. It deals with interventions in public space basically, but our public space is the city center of Eindhoven. The city center of Eindhoven is the biggest shopping area of the region. So many, 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 many people go there to consume their culture, to produce our culture together. So this is really where the actual magic of our culture unfolds itself, rather than in the creative centers or whatever, you know, that's not where stuff is happening. So we try and engage with that and try and show what we have to offer as well, or what could be on offer with designers, you know, because designers, they are working outside of the white cube anyways. Design yeah, yeah, yeah. as well as art. It's books, all the same to books us. Books as well as concepts. It's just a cultural expression, you know, and we just judge it as face value. What does it have to say? How can we understand this, you know? This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. We bring you the sounds of contemporary art in Norway and conversations with curators, artists, and cultural producers we met there. Check the IKT Miami Congress page on Facebook to find out about events open to the public. You'll have the chance to meet curators from around the world in person while learning about creative resilience in Metro Miami. Please subscribe, rate, and review Fresh Art International on Apple Podcasts. You'll find us anywhere you go to listen. The John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Hall Tremaine Foundation, Locust Projects and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, Miami Beach Visitor and Convention Authority, Tempest Projects, Artists in Residence in Everglades, and the Association of International Curators of Contemporary Art are among those supporting this podcast. Now is the perfect time to give us a boost. Go to freshartinternational.com and click on the red support button. The Knight Foundation will match your gift. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.